because we're too lazy to blog about. I am Amanda Lauren, and I am with my co-host, Allie Levine. Hey, hey, hey. So we actually just finished doing a call with Kate Casey. So normally we have people in the studio, but because she's a super mom with four kids <laughs> and um, an extremely busy professional life, it just, long story short, we ended up doing it over Uber Conference. Thank you to Uber Conference, who is not our sponsor for the yeah. show. Um, <laughs> I can't even believe how good, like, I, I can't even get into it. It was that, so it was amazing. So you just have to listen. You know, I we listened to her show, Reality Life with Kate Casey. We're big fans of her podcast. We are very big fans of her podcast um, and her Instagram. But, but talking to her for, like, over an hour on our podcast, like, she was just... Life-changing. Yeah. She was incredible. She was inspiring. It was, like, She's a big so hug. sweet. It really was. I can't even believe how inspired I was by this. I yeah. feel like I really got to know who she was. Yeah. I love talking to her. I feel like she... Like, she said to us, she's like, think of me as, like, an older, like, sister. Oh, my like, God. Mentor. How sweet was that? Like, she was so cool. So down to earth. I love that, you know, I don't want to give away our podcast, but I love that she kept mentioning, you know, when you want to get to know people, you ask them questions. I'm yes. leave it at that because you guys have to listen to the podcast. But seriously, like, when you listen, listen to that part and, like, take away from that because Amanda and I really did and we just loved her. Like, KKZ is incredible. This was so, I mean, I have to say that, like, whenever I start a podcast and at the end I'm like, well, that was not what I expected, but I am blown away at how I good too. it was. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, you so Kate much, Casey. Casey. And by the way, we were on her show. We were. Um, and it will have been the most recent episode after this airs because I and think first on what's her name? Trishelle Tanatella yeah. from Real World, and she was on a bunch of other shows. I, I had like that, a yeah. bunch of random like Facebook mutual <laughs> friends, and I was in a thread with her, and I wanted to be like, I think you're awesome. Oh, that's so um, this was I like a few weeks. It. it was yeah, fangirl. <laughs> um, maybe maybe that's like someone we should have on. Right? Um, anyway, but I just want to say please listen and also and listen to her podcast all of this is in the show please give us five star on iTunes five stars on iTunes there are directions in the show notes yeah please please do your good karma and especially extra if you guys karma are, points yeah exactly extra karma points especially if you guys are already listening and you already love the podcast if you're a new listener please give us a review we'd really appreciate a great five star review we love the reviews we've already gotten but we would love some more we would love and some more and you guys more. are helping move us up on the chart seriously like our numbers we were 16 been, last week yeah, on Fashion and beauty, we we love it. We love you guys. Yeah, also, please join. Yet, please. please join the five the private Facebook group. This is like literally the, I know, could not be worse. Today. I can't Sorry, speak today. Sorry, a little hungover. I'm a little let hungover. Me, let me so Too much whispering please, angel last night. <laughs> please make sure you guys add yourselves to our private Facebook group. Things we're too lazy to blog about. We also have a regular Facebook page that you can like as well. Yeah, we update do on both. both. You can totally do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, I I promise you, we will respond to what you guys ask. People will comment in there and ask questions for the next podcast. It's so much we really fun. We do pay attention, and we love to hear from you bloggers. So we love to talk to you guys. Write, add into our groups, and please, please, please leave us a five-star review. We would love you even more. Anyway, so we're going to sign off now because we did the, the and like I said, um, wow, I stuttered. Um, this is <laughs> Too much whispering. This, this intro could not be worse. Um, I was going to say, it, it was an Uber conference, so the sound quality is not what you're used to, but we're not known for a good sound quality anyway. It's, it's all good. It's, and I just realized there's like food in front of the mic. <laughs> it, it'll pick it up. Anyway, my point is this. Um... 
Stay glamorous. Be glamorous. Oh my god, I can't with you every week. Stay fabulous. Okay. <laughs> be fabulous. Amanda's a stay fabulous. Apparently, you guys can be glamorous this week I don't too. Know. I mean, listen, I... we're coming off of a long holiday weekend. Oh my god. I'll let you slide this week, but I'm gonna huh. have to beat you later. Exactly. <laughs> Allie likes to smack me in the butt when I'm not looking. Anyway, um, here is the amazing Kate Casey. Thank you for listening. And we are with the super famous, amazing, and not just because it's in the intro of her podcast, Kate Casey. Did you say super famous? Like, what are you talking? You're nuts. No, no, oh my God, you're, yeah, yeah, you know what, you're in us, so if you don't know Kate's podcast, Reality Life with Kate Casey, which you should, and you live under a rock, you know, one, you live under a rock, <laughs> two, if for some reason you are living under a rock, don't pull over, don't write it down, it's in the show notes, um, and Kate has, is like very famous and rocking it for so many reasons, including, okay, so I'm kind of obsessed with a lot of your projects and I so you do on Instagram you sort of do your own version of these celebrity pictures and I wanted to know like what gave you the idea to do it because it's so brilliant and I'm mad like I didn't think of that myself um I, I remember looking at a picture of Kristen Stewart I think it, she was the first one maybe it, it was a magazine picture and she was in a grocery store and she was hanging out in the produce aisle and I thought to myself I don't know anybody who hangs out in the produce aisle so I called or I came home and um I think I had two kids then maybe and I said to the babysitter get your shit together we got to go down the street to the grocery store I got to reenact this dumb scene so <laughs> I took the picture and I and I started calling it the same right uh, series of pictures and I've been doing it for years. Wow, that's just like so brilliant. And then I know that there is it Us Weekly that usually picks it up. Um, you know, well, a bunch of people have. I, I it's like in April, Yahoo Style picked it up and then it kind of went viral. So it's been picked up a lot of different places, um, but. Yeah, it surprised it surprises me how many people see them. I'm kind of like I, I'm shocked with that one person will read something I write or see a picture. So if someone checks it out, I'm always flabbergasted. But it is surprising sometimes when somebody from like Scotland will comment, or I had somebody from Japan comment on it. It was just surprising. But I think it's because my whole goal is to dis, dis, distract or take away from how pictures can be perfect, especially ones in magazines or ones that celebrities post on Instagram and to make them more relatable, especially to somebody who has children who, you know, you guys will see that once you have kids, it's really hard to be, to look perfect. It's just, it's not possible. So uh, I just hope that somebody who doesn't feel perfect looks at the pictures and gets a good laugh out of it. And just remembers like no one's perfect. Also, like, you look really know. good in those pictures. I know. I was going to say, I'm like, well, you like, look pretty, you pretty, you look pretty, pretty damn perfect. Damn yeah. damn perfect. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I'm a disaster. I mean, I've given birth to four children and, and I know this for sure. Every time you have a child, it rips away more of your beauty. So what I look mm -hmm. like now at 40 is not what I look like when I was, you know, 26. But, you know, I might be skinnier now, but my body's <laughs> because... 
I've given birth to kids. Um, my boobs are definitely smaller because I nurse children. And I'm not complaining because I thought for a moment I might have a reduction surgery at some point in my life. But fortunately, they sucked everything away. So now I'm happy with that. But, I mean, my <laughs> face is, like, totally beaten up. I'm much older. I have to get a lot more Botox. Um, especially, I just turned 40, and it was like the doctor said, listen, we need to crank this, this gig up. I'm always really surprised about how many people lie about um, getting Botox. I just think it's so stupid. And, you know, I I live in Orange County, California, but, I mean, 97% of the people who live here get Botox, including men, except for my husband. And I just think why – and then I've noticed that there's this new thing where women sort of try to shame each other by not admitting – not only not admitting to Botox, but if they do, they don't don't want to say how much they get. I just think it's all stupid. So they'll say like, no, I just get a sprinkle. Like they'll just basically <laughs> say that they, the, they push the needle in front of their face and they spr- it sprinkles onto their face. Like just call it fate, fate. Everybody gets older. It's not a big deal. I'm also very, I have a very small head and I'm pale. So those are two things that work against me in the, as far as the wrinkling uh, component. And then also I've just been told that my body metabolizes Botox quickly, which is hilarious because I'm like, since when did my metabolism work? And (laughs) that's the only place it works is in my face. So, you know, what are you going to do? You get older, it's fine. We all get older. So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I don't think there should be any shade to Botox. I mean, Amanda and I both. My mom does that. She's like, no, my mom, I was in New York visiting my mom, and I had just had, like, a little touch-up right before, a few days before I left. So I had a little bruise over my eyebrow for some reason, which is weird because I had my 11s done. (laughs) But um, she's like, well, why do you tell people? And I'm like, I don't care. Right. Like, I, I don't think it's, like, I don't think there's like any shame in it. It's like a a, a touch-up, like anything else, right? Everybody gets different things done to perfect their look and make themselves feel younger and feel more fabulous. I don't think there's anything wrong with people who do do it. I don't think there's anything wrong with people who don't do it. But it's like, don't save the person who's like, oh, yeah, I just got a little touch-up of Botox. Who cares? Like, I I don't know. I think it's a good thing. Like, I think it, like, shows. I think that, you know, especially, and look, like, we we don't have kids. Um, But I think that, like, I can fairly say this, but, like, a lot of women, I think when they have kids, self-care goes to the wayside. Do you, do you think that? Totally. Absolutely. It's just so hard because I always make a joke like if, you know, my kids always have nice clothes because if there's someone who has to look homeless, it's going to have to be me. I would rather I look the homeless person and that they don't. They need to look nice. So it's just really, you know, I am plus. I don't know if you guys are married, but I'll tell you this. When you're married, your husband... This is what happens. You wake up when you have kids and you get the kids ready. And then the husband, like, let's say you have to go somewhere. The, kid, the husband's been in the shower shaving for about 75 hours. And you're left with a couple minutes because everyone has to get out the door. So you end up with, like, makeup on one eye. <laughs> you look like, you know, and your hair is, like, half brushed. And you, like, have to put an outfit together in nowhere. My husband will sit there and say, how does this look? How does this look about his own outfit? But the minute I'm like, how does this look? He's like, I, I don't know. I got to go. So no one helps you and you just have to take a vaccine and accept it. So I just think if we, it's all a fair fight. If we all go with, we're just all trying to do the best we can. Um, I do think that's nice. As you get older, I think women start to just, you know, relax a little bit about that. They do lie about getting Botox, but they are a little bit more self-deprecating, but I do think between 20 and maybe 27 that girls are just so, so hard on each other. 
I do stand-up comedy, and a lot of my act is about the hilarity that comes with aging and, and getting Botox and, and lying. But the, I do most of the lying of, to my husband, not to my friends. My friends, I don't care. I feel like I'm so open about it, people feel like, oh, can you tell me a doctor that does it? I mean, the people that go to a med spa, yeah, you're going to look jacked up. You go to a real dermatologist, she'll be fine. You will never look like a horrendous housewife. But I think mm-hmm. that I always have to – I remember my husband said, um, you know, I admitted it the first time that I got, you know, I just got Botox and he told me he was disappointed in me. And I said, you're disappointed that I want you to have an attractive life. I can go out and get sweatpants and platform flip-flops and cut my hair short like a lesbian basketball teacher if that's what you want. However, I'm thinking that what you want is someone who's attractive to you. So that's where we stand. And mm-hmm. I also find it funny how women will lie to their husband about getting it because, they are so judgmental. It's actually the men that are more judgmental. And so I like I had a friend who got lip injections, which that's a whole other story I don't understand. Um, but, I mean, if you want it, go ahead. But let's be honest about the fact that you got them. Like, don't walk into the door and say to me, when I say, can we discuss the fact that your lips look t- totally different, that they'll say things like, I had a, you know, I, I had a bee sting or I had an allergic reaction or <laughs> my one friend told her husband that she burned her lips on stoop. I'm like... So that's a tall order. I saw her recently. She got her lips done, and it just looked like a totally different person. So I think when you get it, you just got to get a little tiny bit. You can't overdo it. And I recently on my show. Yeah. I had, like, one syringe between both of my lips. Yeah. And, like, I think it's pretty natural looking. Um, Wait, you know what's so funny? And I think you had her on your show, but I could be wrong. Did you have Lauren from 90 Day Fiance? I did. Yes, I did. Okay. I was watching the reunion and she had her lips done and it was subtle. Here's the problem. She must have gotten them done two days before they shot the reunion. Yeah. Because yeah. her lips yep, yep, were yep. so rude. Yep. And she's gorgeous. I think she's gorgeous. Yeah. I always sit there with my husband and I'm like, Lauren is the most like gorgeous. Now there's something I really like about her as a human being. And actually like that was one of my, one of my favorite episodes of your show was that interview with Lauren. Cause I just, I find her to be like, you know, relatable in a certain way. And you know what? Like, I was like, why did you do your lips? Why? why? Also, why didn't you get your boobs done? If you were going to do anything, I mean, I'm terrible, but that's the thing. It's like, it's hard. It's, there's like a level of women are so critical of other women. And I always say that other women do it. And then I do it. And obviously I'm a massive hypocrite. But I know who else I noticed it had their lips done, but I feel like they did too much. And I was like, Oh, come on. Is, um, yeah, Ryan, more. Ryan Sarahan's wife. Oh um, yeah. 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 Um, I feel like, Oh no. Yeah, because when you do too much, now it's distracting. And I asked a plastic surgeon on my show, I said, go through each city of Real Housewives and tell me what everybody's getting done. And what he said is that Orange County and Beverly Hills with the lip injections, they get the same amount on top and on bottom. So that's why it looks absurd that your lips should have one, one of your lips should be smaller than the other. It should be proportioned that way. So that's why when I saw Ryan's wife, I'm like, Come on, like it looks so obvious. You've got to make it subtle. It's like your hair when you go to get your hair colored. Like you don't want to just have a totally like a, like a blunt haircut with a totally different color. You got to ease into it. So that's what I'm saying. I like I'm not oh, judging totally anybody right. who gets it. I will judge 
when it's absurd, absurdly done and we act like it didn't happen. Yeah, they like pretend like they're like, what are you, what? What are you talking about? Although, okay, I mean, wait, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. That's why my face looks right. seven times as full as it did right. weeks ago. Right, wait. But I have to call myself out. So I, I am married and my husband is like the most sarcastic, laid back from New York, like could give two shits. And yes, he knows I do little touch ups here and there. He did not know I did lip injections until recently. And all of a sudden, like, you know, I went to get a touch up and I, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, my body reacted a little bit differently and like my lips flew a bit more up than usual. And I'm like in the car and he's staring at me as I'm driving. And I'm like, what are you staring at? And he's like, your lips. And then he's like making fun of me. And I'm like, oh my what God. are you talking about? And he's like, what did you do? And I'm like, at first I was like, uh, nothing. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to go there. I'm like, I got a little touched up my lips. He's like, wait, you do your lips? I'm like, yeah, uh, sometimes. He's like, well, how come I didn't know this? I'm like, because I personally don't think you need to know every single thing that I do to make myself look extra hot for you. Like, I don't know. Some things I think should be no, kept I to your husband, you know, like he already knows I do a little bit of Botox and a little bit of here and there. He doesn't need to know that I also do little touch of my lips. He actually didn't know. He had no idea. That I remember that, but remember? I was not allowed to tell him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I almost gave up my spot the last time. I was like, <laughs> you know what? One time I remember we went on to some Thanksgiving or something with a relative of Dan's and we're this girl and I are, are the same, actually the same exact age. No, she's a year old or whatever, but same age, basically. And he said, God, she really looked terrible. And I said, Yes, because she lives inland. She doesn't get Botox. She doesn't get her hair done. That's what happens when you don't do upkeep. So get off my shit. Right. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, so yeah, you're true. right. Amen to that. Well, no, I'll tell you something. Like, I see on Facebook there, and I went to college, like, in central Pennsylvania, actually. Oh, wait, where? <laughs> what? Where? I went to Fox Now. You did not. I did. I'm from Westchester, Pennsylvania. Oh, oh my god, so that's funny. so funny. My I'm also sort of well, I my parents have a summer house near Milford, which is like northeastern. So I'm and I'm my also, husband's family's also in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So I am I am very Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Um I was actually that's just funny. And I went to bo- I went to boarding school in Hershey PA. Oh that's so Wait, funny. they have a boarding school? <laughs> Wait, what I can have the yep. best boarding I school. I think you can it out. The Hershey it's not the Hershey school. <laughs> well, oh but like what before you start assessing that, like, think that I live in monogram shirts and my parents have a yacht, let me back it up. It's called the Milton Hershey School, and it was started by oh. Milton the Chocolate Magnet. It's for kids who come from financially and emotionally needy homes. So all the kids I went to high school with were from, like, the inner city. Their one of their parents were, was dead or could have been in jail or they had a step-parent that wanted them out of the house. Like, they're all heartbreaking situations. I sometimes was like, I don't even belong here because my mom remarried and my stepfather had no interest in raising me. And instead of divorcing him, my mom sent me away to a free school. So it's not mm-hmm. like everybody I went to school with has names like Mama D and Johanna and, you know, you know, I don't like Muhammad. Like they're not like, this is not like some posh Northeastern boarding school, but it wasn't Hershey. So I, when you say central PA, it lights me up inside. It's central. And now I live like in Orange County, California. Which is like literally the, well, that's the thing. It's like the total opposite. So there are these girls that I went to college with, and I'm not being mean. I just think standards are very different in Los Angeles, Orange County, and I would even say New York City. Like, um, they look old enough to be my mom, and they're my age. And like, some of them have had kids. I haven't. 
But then there, but like, then I'll see like bloggers who have like, like, what's her name? Like, okay, this is a terrible note. This is a bad example. I was going to say Stephanie Nielsen, um, who the Nini dialogue, she's a Mormon mommy blogger and she was in a horrible accident and had like half of her face burned off. But she always, it's, oh my God, this, this like website, her, her blog is fascinating. And she was on like, I'm going to say, Erica, but like, this is a woman who clearly, despite like having this horrible thing, upkeeps better than half the population of the women in central Pennsylvania. Wow. Like, she's like, I hike every day. She has on like these gorgeous, like Jake Frew outfits. Like her house is just like to die for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't think you feel like some of these, don't you feel like it's some of these like lifestyle bloggers, sometimes it can make somebody depressed because everything is so perfect. That's a hard, um, it's a hard thing to live up to. I, I mean, it's like people who have birthday parties for their kids or game nights with couples. Like, and there's like, oh. you know, placards with their names. Like it's so perfect. And not everybody is like that. It's like such a difficult standard to live up to. Well, that's sort of why I started my blog because I have a lot of things where like, I have this thing where I took, I made over my closet and it still looked awful but it was way more organized. And it's like, I don't have good lighting in there. Um, I barely have any space, but like we rent and I like where we are and everything is great about where we are, except for the closet space, to be honest with you. Um, and so that was sort of like, I joke, that's why like my, the tagline for my blog is a blog for, for people with imperfect hair and sometimes unmade beds. Like, I, I like, it. I, I like that. I like it. I hate people who try to be perfect. Like, it makes me totally insane. And I think some people, I mean, there is, like, a certain aspirational aspect of my blog. I get that. But I try to keep it as real as possible because I couldn't read anyone else's blogs after a while. I'm just like, oh, my God, this is making me feel inadequate. And you're using way too many filters. And you're so perfect. And now I feel even worse about my hair. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree with that. And I think, too, like what you were saying, Kate, and Amanda and I have talked about this at length on our podcast. So many people love to, like, over-filter. And, like, listen, no shade to the filter. I'm definitely one that uses filter. I definitely use a little bit of face tune. I, I over-face Yeah, you over-face tune. But, like, I use a little bit of face without over-smoothing. But I like to sometimes be raw on my social and not have everything be so perfect. And I do find it super nauseating when I watch certain bloggers and follow certain people who everything is seriously perfect and there's not one thing that's not. And it's like, okay we get it. You think you're perfect or you have this perfect lifestyle and I'm completely going to unfollow you now. <laughs> it's just, no, it's true. You know? Well, I think, How I you think in life, especially as you get older that you, when I try to find a friend, what's actually most important to me is like, we share the same value system. And for me, one of the most important values that someone has is um, authenticity. I, I know for life, life ex- through life experiences, I am unable to be friends with someone who does not live an authentic life. I don't want you to complain to me about your horrible husband, but then post photos of him and say, happy anniversary to my lover, to the man who's of my dreams, when oh, I just listen to you bitch it. about him for four hours. That's not my value system. It's not my value system to be friends with somebody who uh, posts 
photos of them and their outfits and, and wants people to tell them how beautiful they are because it's much more important to me that I'm around people who want people to have meaningful conversations above and beyond. I desire to have the same bag that you have. I want to be around people who are funny and interesting and cool and most of all curious, curious about people. I want to be friends with people who share the same value system in terms of when you meet someone new that you want to walk away from them knowing three things that are really important to them or interesting about them. I do that with my kids. If they go to a play date, I always say, you must come home and tell me one interesting thing about their parents. Because <laughs> this that. world does, does not know no one in this, this in the current e- ecosystem that we're in. People don't ask enough questions about other people. They want praise constant, and they don't do enough um, investing, not investing, but like investing their interest in learning more about other people. And I, uh, that saddens me. So again, just what I was saying before is that I don't have room in my life for people who just want compliments to post photos of them that have been filtered just to get compliments. I want to have people in my life who can make a joke about themselves or post something that like gets me conversing about something. I just don't have room for it anymore. Oh, I totally, no, I totally get it. And like, I'll tell you, like, and I, I can like speak for Allie because part of what we do in like part of the game is Instagram. And like, I just started to, I'm like, you know what? I'm like really realistically captioning my photos. Like I did this photo the other day of me in like a one piece um, in my building swimming pool and no one was there. And I'm like, finally got to swim and avoid my neighbors. I mean, I didn't say it in those <laughs> words, but it was like, it was so great not seeing anyone that I normally try to avoid. And just, but I like that. I like that you did that. I like that you wore a one piece, first of all, because I enjoy one piece and just be honest about time. the moment. Like I'll post a picture of my children. My ki- my kids really actually do love each other because I people will say, "Oh, you seem like a great mom," and I always qualify by saying, "But I am mommy dearest at home. I'm like super strict. I'm not like easygoing. I'm really tough on them." But I've really made sure that one of my goals is to make them not compete against each other and to be uh, excited about each other and encourage each other. So they do take pictures all the time where they're kissing and hugging, but I always qualify it with like a hashtag, like an hour before this, they were fighting about like some nonsense. So the people are not like, oh, her life is just a bunch of like beautiful family photo moments. No, there's a whole shit show that's behind it. It's me screaming at them to look at the camera or they were just fighting. Like two of my kids, Bill, this once they used to fight when they were little. I still do this actually. Is They'll fight about something stupid and I'll go, Okay, by the way, I'm going to get letters about how I'm a horrible human being, and I understand that. I'll say to yeah. them, oh, that's a shame you guys are fighting because you guys used to go along really well. So the, what's really sad is I'm going to have to get two houses now, and one of you is going to have to live in one, and the other one's going to live in the other, and I'm going to have to go between both houses because it's obvious to me that you guys can't be together anymore. And then they're like, no, we love each other. We want to be together. But I have to, like, do reverse psychology on them. Uh, but – you know, I don't, you know, my kids are not perfect, so I I can't, you know, once in a while it's a cute picture, but I don't want people to think when they look at my Instagram, like, she has this perfect family with these kids and her husband, because it's a shit show all the time. I'm no different than anybody else. You know, it's so funny that you say this, and one thing, and I've had this discussion with lots of people, and I think, like, a little bit, you know, on, on the podcast, that, like, 
one thing, and I'm sure you can relate, one thing that I'm really afraid of with, you know, having kids, which will, you know, happen at some point in the future, um, not too far future. Um, I, you know, I was raised on the East Coast. And I think that like people now, and we're millennials, but like there's, you know, two levels of millennials. And I think that like, or rather I would say like now, like the generation Z, whatever. My feelings were not really accommodated as a kid. And sometimes mm-hmm. it was bad, but I think for the most part, I would say like as a teenager, not having my feelings accommodated was the best thing for me because I kind of learned how to suffer through things because no one gives a shit about how you feel in real life. And I think that like we live in this society where people are just like really just like how towing to people's feelings. And it, it bothers me. And I almost don't know how to have kids in, in this world where like I, there, you know, there's no safe space. Like, like, just, you know, shut the fuck up and realize that, like, <laughs> you might not agree with people on things and, like, whatever, move on. Right. So, so how do you do um, that? You seem very sensible. <laughs> well, first thing I would say to uh, my kids is the most important thing to be in this world is a kind person. So uh, they must always listen to people ask questions of people, try to understand them better by asking them questions. Um, I do say there are a lot of people that are, you know, upset and angry. And you try to remember that when someone has a bad reaction to you, it's maybe has not as much to do with you, but how they're feeling that day and that you just got to roll through it. Um, you know, but I'm honest. I'm like, some people are just not great people. Like there was a girl that was like kind of a, like a, like a bullyish person in my daughter's grade. And she said, yeah, I I walked past her one day and, you know, she said, you can't play with us. Like you got to keep moving. Well, of course I wanted to show up to school and rip this girl's hair out. Of course. Um, But instead I was like, all right, this is what you're going to do to scare the shit out of this girl. And by the way, I talk to my kids like that because I think it's important. Um, (laughs) She's like, what? And my daughter is like, my oldest is like my husband. My husband is a very kind, sweet person who believes in people and is a Pollyanna who thinks everyone shits rainbows. And I'm the exact opposite. So she's like her father and she believes in everybody and has not a bad word to say about anybody. She's just innately like that. So she was frazzled that this girl would say such an awful thing. So I, you know, I said, let's run through what happens when someone says a shitty thing to you. Um, So what I did was I showed her how, you walk right up to somebody and you look right into their eyeballs. I said, you do not look away from her. You keep her eye, your eyeballs and her eyeballs. I I said, I don't care if she looks right into your face. You do not look away until she looks away. You look right into her eyeballs and you just say, and you're the strongest mean voice you can do not ever speak to me that way. She's, she was seven at the time. And she's like, mom, I don't think I can do it. So we, I said, you can do it. So we practiced with her brother for 30 minutes. And I told them, I'm like, this is what you do when someone's nasty to you at at recess. And so we, we went through it. She walked right up to me and she would look right into my eyes and say, do not speak to me that way. And I said, again, don't look away until they look away. And, um, but that's what you, because people don't bully you if you're super confident in yourself. They just don't, it just doesn't work that way. So, I mean, that's the best I can do. Um, but I mean, having kids is awesome. It really is fun. And for 
your husband, like when you're married and you think, um, I cannot love this man more, you really, then you have a child and your husband holds your baby in the delivery room. And you think to yourself, I don't know if my heart can withstand how incredible this moment is. And you really, truly are bonded because this child is a combination of the two of you. And it is really hard because it's a 24 7, 365 job. And it's going to be a bunch of compromises. Someone's going to have to take the heavy lifting. Someone's got to be the bad guy. But in the end, you know, you marry somebody because they're the ultimate teammate. There's somebody you want to make out with all the time who happens to be an incredibly close friend to you. And so when you have kids, you really are teammates and it is not easy. And you're going to fight all the time, probably, especially in the early years, especially right after the baby's born. But if you're good enough friends, you'll figure out a way to have good laugh about things and try to let things roll off your back. And um, it's just a wonderful thing. And another thing that I always say to people is I think the hardest job is to have one child because when you have one child, it's like pure, purely your, like you give them all the entertainment that they have as a child. So you almost overstimulize them. (laughs) But then if you have another child, they play together. So I always say that. So at least have two children so that the pressure's off you. Because as I always say in my stand-up, my kids have nothing in common with me. I don't want to play with them. We don't have anything in common. They have something in common with the other kids in the house. So they should play with them. I am not their friend. Uh, We're not going to jive. Like, I'm not your friend. I'm your mother. I take care of you. So... In your, but have children when you're ready, and when you do, you'll love it. And it's hard as hell, but it's super fun and rewarding at the same time. And I know everyone says that, but it, it's true. Also, you don't really get two shits about other people's kids until you have your own. I mean, you think to yourself, I don't know, I'm not really that into kids, but it's totally different when you have your own. No, everyone, everyone says that, which is, which is true. It's true. I was the kind of person who, when I met my husband, I said to him, like, look, if you want to have kids, all kids, and if you don't, I'd be totally happy not having kids. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's weird because like there, I think there are some people who really like, they just really want to be moms. And that is just not who, who I am. But I think I'm with you. I mean, my husband, when we first met, actually like told me if I didn't change my mind, like he didn't know if he could marry me. And he's like, that's not an ultimatum. That's just letting you know, like, cards on the table like I'm madly in love with you but like I want to have a family and I was like well I'm not saying like 100% don't want kids but like right now I'm super career focused I was in New York at a time working my ass off in New York City and I was like I'm just not ready now maybe down the road I will be and it's funny we just celebrated our five-year anniversary and I was telling Amanda like now we're just kind of trying not trying and I'm just like okay I'm more open to it and like we'll see what happens and now I'm actually like excited about it so it's really cool to hear what you're saying because it like is very inspiring for me as someone who's getting to that place it's you know it's like when I listen to you talk about your kids and when I see what you do I have to tell you it it makes it's such a service like you know no one ever talks about that time when you're married and you don't have kids yet but you know you're going to have kids and you hear all of this and you're scared because you're like, oh my God, how am I going to do everything? And then when like there are women like you, and I would also say like Heather McDonald's on that list too, of like women who are like, who have careers, who is, who has raised kids and are making it work for them. I'm like, it's such a comfort and it's such a breath of fresh air. Do people tell you that? Well, I think that also, you know, we're all in creative industries. 
you know, so it's not a fair fight with somebody who works in financial services. That's a whole other ballgame. And I could never say to somebody in that industry, you can do it all, because I don't know if that's true. I don't know if you could be a corporate lawyer uh, and advocate. Lots of people do. I also feel like everybody's a different person and we need to be easy on each other. Um, it's like I always say, um, you know, like in terms of school, like not every school is right for everybody. As schools are like diet. They're not right for everybody. Jobs are not right for everybody. Everybody has a different, you know, m- makeup. And for me, for, I have four kids and would love to have another one if, if I'm not too old. Um, and sometimes uh-huh. people are like, well, how do you do it all? And I say, I, I'm really honest. I say, I don't sleep a lot. I really don't. I probably have five hours of sleep at night. I'm just wired that way. I don't require a lot. I'm really good at multitasking. Um, yeah, I had <laughs> I had a very difficult childhood and didn't really have any family. So for me, I keep having kids because this is the only family that I have. This is my anchor, my husband and my mm-hmm. children. So that's a factor into it too. Um, and also what uh-huh. I do now is something that I really love. When I had children, uh, before I did this really full-time, I worked as, in legal PR. I was a media consultant for law firms. And it became harder and harder and harder the more children that I had. I always, you know, kept pregnancies very secret because I never wanted a client to say, well, I'm, you know, make the assumption that I would not be available if I had a baby. And that was the most stressful time of my entire life was withholding that information. So Mm -hmm. now I'm in a position four kids later where I'm in a creative space where I can be very flexible with my schedule. And I really love it, so I make I can make time for it. Uh, but it's not the same for somebody in another industry um, with with certain like deadlines that they have to face. So um, I I just encourage anybody who is you know starting to think about having a family to be gentle on themselves and to accept the fact that when you are pregnant and when you have a child. Some things are out of your control, and you've got to learn to just roll with it. You also need to set boundaries. You're probably going to lose some friendships because once you have a baby, you know, other friends that are single are not going to be really interested in your pregnancy or your kids, and you have to just roll with it and say, maybe our lives don't mesh together right now, but maybe they will later on, and just accept it and be cool with that. Maybe I'm not going to be awesome at this career right now, um, but I might be once I get a hold of things later, just like, just to be easy on yourself and to accept that what you wrote in the sky for yourself at, at you know, 25 is always different for everybody at 30 and 35. And also another piece of advice is that like I read somewhere, um, I think it was Jack Walsh's wife, Susie had written a book and she said to think about things in, in small or like in five, five, fives, or at least I always think of it in five, five, fives, like, how is this going to affect me five hours from now, five days from now, five months from now, five years from now? And what stresses you out in that moment may not matter in five days or five, you know, months or five years and to just to be gentle on yourself. So you just got to learn to just roll with things. And what is, what happens for someone is not always right for you. No, that's, you know, even like, I have to tell you, it's, even like as someone who's married and having like single friends, I had a friend, I didn't realize I had something with my husband tonight. And like, we were supposed to do something, but honestly, like 
she doesn't have a boyfriend. She like, you know, she's Persian, so she's still and she doesn't listen to the show. Um, and she still like lives with her mom. And I'm like, hey, can we move it to Wednesday? And she's like, I knew you weren't gonna be able to do anything on Tuesday. Anyway, and I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, I can't like, I, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's just so, so weird to me. But like, yeah, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say we necessarily. I wouldn't say we necessarily outgrow people because I don't think that's always a fair thing to say. It's not that we outgrow. It's just that you're moving in opposite directions right now. And you probably will link up later when she is in a more stable relationship. And then something will click in her and she'll go, oh, my God, I get it now. It's like people who, um, you know, like now that I have kids, I understand my sister in a better way. Because she would come to visit and it's just like, God, you're such a bitch about X, Y. Um, but now I get it. Like she couldn't do things, certain things because she had her kids or now that my sister works more and I always worked when she, or when I had little, you know, a newborn, I was still working and, you know, she was such a bitch to me. And now that she's starting to work again, now she's like, Oh, now I get it. So it's not that we outgrew each other. Like we never spoke again. It's that we just sort of like took another, took a different bike route. And now we're meeting at the same trail. It's like, oh, I get it. It clicks now. So don't write right. somebody off like they're an asshole. Just say, you know, we need to give ourselves like a couple of some space to figure out how, where we can meet up again, because it's just not working for us right now. Yeah, so true. And it's like, I agree with Amanda. It's like when you are married, you realize when you're a single friend, it's like, don't get like that you have a date night or that you need to be committed to your husband. And then same with when you're a mom, like yeah. you have kid duties and you have things you have to do. And I guess that's why if you said your circles of friends do change, yeah. And yeah, you keep some because they're on the same wavelength or they just get it. And then others just don't and you either pick back up or you don't. And I think that's just like a part of life. Like you said, and you just figure it out. Yeah. I also feel like um, I, 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 in the last couple of years, if I get upset with somebody, I always try to think, all right, well, let me think about what, like reassess like why, why this bothers me. And most times, like four out of five times, it has something to do with me and not them. So like I have a friend who our kids go to different schools now and I'm like, I feel like I don't talk to her as much. And is it because like, she's not as great of a friend as I used to think? Well, no, it's just that when you have different schedules now, it's easy to get out of the, when you don't see somebody pick up all the time, much le- much like, you know, when, when somebody has the same job as you and you guys, someone goes to work in another corporation and you don't, they don't text you as much and you don't meet for drinks as much, um, you know, your first reaction is they're a shitty friend. But if you sit and think like, okay, why is this bothering me? Okay. For me, it's always goes back to, um, all right, I have an issue personally with feeling like I don't get recognized, like, you know, like, you know, I'm not being heard. Recognition meaning like I'm not heard. Like I know that in my family of origin, like I'm the third of four kids, I oh. totally got ignored. So this is really about my own thing that I am paranoid that like now that I'm out of sight, out of mind, you're totally forgetting about me. When in fact, they're probably just, you know, on a schedule and it doesn't even occur to them. So instead of reacting and saying, like, I think you're a shitty friend because I haven't heard from you, I had to sit back and think, this is really more about me. So I know that you do that, it helps you out a little bit more. Well, I'm curious to know, too, because, you know, you said that you did, you know, political uh, PR and PR for attorneys. 
how did you end up doing what you're doing? Because I think it's such a totally different, I mean, like, it's just such a totally different world. Totally. Um, so I grew up in a family where I was, I was always really funny. I just had like a really quick witted sense of humor. Um, I, I mean, I think some of my family, my sister definitely is like, we just have a weird sense of humor and I just always had adults comment on it. Like, you know, you're really funny. And so I, I think I just always had like three different dreams. I always wanted to pursue politics. I always loved journalism and I always loved comedy. And I feel very fortunate because I've just tried out all of those pockets. So I went to college um, for political science in Washington, D.C., and I worked at various different ca- on campaigns. I worked at the White House twice, and oh, wow. I thought that I would pursue a career in politics. Uh, but I also love journalism. So I started working um, for political organizations that, uh, in their communications department. That was in college. Like I worked at the White House for Vice President Gore's reinventing government project for the press secretary. And then I also worked at the press office during the Clinton administration. So I got to pursue the political stuff (laughs) and then the journalistic stuff. um, And that was great. And, you know, by the time I was like 20, you know, 20, like 20, 24 or something like that. I no no a little bit earlier than that because I interned ever since I was like an eighteen year old every semester of college so I got a lot of experience as a college kid especially since I went to school in Washington D.C. I went to a school that everybody goes to school to work in politics it's the same school that Nancy Pelosi went to Kelly Conway went to um, she gets called Kelly Fitzpatrick now um, you know, Trump's you know chief yeah. Um, yeah. So we all went, uh, Maggie Williams, she ran um, Hillary Clinton's campaign. So people who go to that school all are interested in political science. So anyway, I left that, uh, I left school and I found a job working for a PR firm that represented former senators that had gone back to their law firms. So then I started doing legal PR and I just really was good at it. I am really good at helping lawyers figure out how to get themselves in the media. So, and it was always something different. So one day I would be pitching a reporter at Wall Street Journal, a story about securities litigation and the impact on the Martha Stewart trial and what, you know, what companies should know about the implications of the lawsuit. Or the next day it might be the um, implications of an intellectual property case and how regulation. So it was always different. And I, I, I love the challenge of getting someone into their dream outlet, like that someone sit, would sit down and say, listen, not many people know about me or my law firm, but my dream is to be in the New York Times and then figuring out creative ways to make that happen. So it was about cultivating relationships with reporters and really understanding and sitting down and understanding what an attorney does. So I did that for a long time and started my own firm when I was about 26 years old, 27 years old. And Wow. Then I started having children and it became, you know, a little bit harder. And then, but always in the back of my mind, I loved comedy. So when I was pregnant with my first child, my husband's best friend said, you know, you're really a great writer and you should just start writing, just write out, write out, write out. Um, So I started writing a blog and it was television recaps, but also lots about pregnancy. And then once I had the baby about like the mom, why the mom's club hated me. And so it was uh, like funny humor about like parenting pregnancy, but I also did television recaps, like reality TV. And then by the time I had my fourth baby, I just um, couldn't do the legal PR stuff anymore. 
And so after that, I just started to really put all my energy into it. So um, it's been really fun, but it's been a, a ton, a ton, a ton of work. But I do lots of different stuff. I do like Us Weekly Fashion Police. I do, I decided I wanted to be a stand-up comic. And like almost two years ago, one day I went to an open mic. I invited like 60 friends to come. And mm-hmm. I just, re- like I started doing it and thought, why did I wait so long? It just felt so easy to do and fun. So um, I started doing more stand-up, and I open all the time for Heather McDonald, who's a good pal Which of mine. So, so, ama- so amazing. And and I totally relate, by the way, to what you say about stand-up, because I used to do stand-up in New York okay, all the time. Get back into it. Um, I used to, like, do the same show as, like, Judith Freelander at, um, at Caroline's, and I was at Gotham and all of these places. And then I moved here, and I wasn't quite as well-connected. The game was a little bit different here. And now I feel like there's, like, something missing, and I miss doing stand-up so much yeah I think I need to do it I I know I know I started I started to write some things down but but it's weird it's strange like getting back I mean because I started doing it in high school and then you know I did it for for many years and I I don't know it's it's strange but I think like anyone can start like do I mean you had four kids and you just started doing (laughs) stand-up no big deal I I think that um the first thing you need to do is write, 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 write. And I guess it wasn't as hard because I had been writing for so many years. I already had material from posts that I would, had written about different things in my family. Or So I think that the, if somebody wants to do it, and you should do it, absolutely, it's because you have experience and you've got, I'm sure you've got material, is to uh, just, you know, just start write, write, writing. And then you go to an open mic and you get your, you know, your feet wet. And I think that it's really important for women to know that you should never pigeonhole yourself and that it's totally possible to switch gears and to try something new. And what's important is if you have at least just one person who is supports you. Oddly enough, my, it's not for me, it's not my husband. <laughs> it's my sister. Really? My husband oh. does not find me remotely funny at all. We do not share the same sense of humor and he's never seen me do stand up. And I'm glad he doesn't really? because a lot of it, I, talk about marriage marriage stuff I've never dated someone who thought I was funny he would tell you if he was on this call he would say what are you talking about I think you're funny trust me he doesn't but my sister and I share a very similar sense of humor and when I go to see if I do stand up and she's there I can hear her laughing harder than anybody in the back of the room and that's like my go-to sound like okay I'm, I'm doing well so I would find one person who like really gets you, gets your sense of humor and is supportive of you and ha- and just lean on them because that will really push you forward. So if I came home and talked to my husband about stand-up, I wouldn't feel as encouraged because we just don't have the same sense of humor. Like he thinks watching a movie like Waiting for Guffman, the Christopher Guest movie, like he would stare at the television like this is not funny to me at all. So it doesn't make sense for me to talk to him about comedy. So I would suggest that right, 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 right. Push yourself out of your comfort zone. Get out there. Life is moving quickly. It's moving past us. Life moves fast. If you don't, you know, stop and look around, it just might miss you from Ferris Bueller's. It really is moving yeah, I fast. Know. I always tell you so you can sit around all day long and dream about it. But if you don't, the train's going to pass you and you got, just got to jump on. And again, yeah. if you love something enough, you will make time for it. You will figure it out. We're all busy people. Every single person you know is busy. Somehow we have time. 
to watch an episode of Real Housewives of Orange County. In the same mm-hmm. time, you could go drive down, do an open mic, do a set, come back home. That's so true. Okay, wait, now I'm going to, because I know, because we have to wrap up in a few minutes, but um, I wanted to ask you, because I, like your podcast, you know, you talk about all of these reality shows. So I want to know, like, really, what are some of your favorites and which ones do you relate to the most? Um, okay, I love a little gem of a show right now called 90 Day Fiance Before 90 Days, which is about people who <laughs> are in relationships with people who live in other countries. That I find fascinating. I love, um, you know, I kind of used to like Married at First Sight, but now I'm some, not so much into it. I've always loved Real Housewives of New York. Orange County sucks this year. Um, I think that of all the reality people on television, I'm most similar to probably Bethany Frankel. We have similar childhoods, and I think my sense of humor is biting like hers. I'm also, I think she and I are, may, people may perceive us maybe as being like really tough, but are actually, as my husband would say, I'm like a caramel center. Like if you're in my inner circle, I am like super sensitive and enormously loving, but outside of that circle, I'm probably a little bit more tough. So I relate to her on that way. Um, I love television shows about social situations. I loved a show that was on television called um, High School Reunion, which was done by Mike Fleiss, who does The Bachelor. And it was taking high school classes, and they would live in, uh, you know, live in this home in Hawaii for two weeks. And oh, I wow. love that show because it was really like everybody could relate to being a high school kid. And I'm interested in the dynamics of relationships. Who was someone in high school? How have they changed now? How do they relate? Is this popular cheerleader, is she still a popular person? Will she get along as an adult with the person who is a nerd who probably now runs a corporation? Like, I find all those <laughs> dynamics to be absolutely finance, uh, fascinating. So I would say those are two of my favorites. 90 Day Fiance, High School Reunion. That's kind of my jam. I don't like the ba- Big Brother this year. I think it's really stupid. I do oh, feel like no. it's important oh, on shows like that have attractive people I don't like how the bachelor and the bachelorette the people are not they don't have real careers it's like an Instagram career now qualifies you I don't Mm -hmm. like that so I I like those shows that are really depict normal people I think high school reunion was probably the best of reality television there's also a great show get it on Netflix called um, the, the Joe Schmo show where they took a guy, a nerdy guy, and they had they had actors live in a house with them, and he didn't realize he was in a reality. Like it was a real reality show within a reality show. And Kristen Wiig from Saturday Night Live was on there before she became famous. That's oh, a that great one. Funny. And I also loved um, Jill Millionaire. I'm trying to track him down right now. I wrote him a note this morning uh, about that was the show where the contestants didn't know he was actually not a millionaire. Oh, and I also I'm, loved Real World. That was that. my first. I interviewed Norman Corpy from the first season of Real World, and I loved him. I'm interviewing a girl this week from Las Vegas. I'm always interested in, especially when I go, like, the retro reality stars, like, you know, what was it like being on the show, but more importantly, like, how did, what was the impact of fame? You know, how do people relate to you now? Do you feel like you've become more private a person, or do you feel like it opened you up? Um, so I, I love all that stuff. That's, that's so funny. Bethany, you know, Bethany is so interesting to me. And I'll, I think I've written about this maybe in some private Facebook groups, 
But I'll, I'll tell you because it's really interesting. I don't even think people can conceive of like the apartment Bethany lived in before she made it. So I was in another apartment in the same building and it was very similar. It was like a 500 square foot one bedroom on a, and I'll tell you, cause I grew up like two blocks from there, not a prime part of the Upper East Side. Um, it's now even way less of a prime <laughs> part. And, and Jill Zarin was like three blocks from her. And she, and she was a chef at the time and like had like just the, you know, not a big kitchen. Like, she did not live well. Like, she's made herself from the ground up. And I think that people are just like, oh, everything was handed to her. But, I mean, that's her no idea. You know, I, I think that what you said is so, so important for people to know. And I would hope that when people go on my show, I mean, I say that I'm the Diane Sawyer of reality TV. Mm-hmm. Because my whole goal is for people to really explain more than what is shown on TV so people get a much clearer picture of who you are and I recommend people listening to the episode I just did with Deandra Simmons from the Real Housewives of Dallas because when you look at her you're like this is a woman who has had everything handed her she's from an incredibly wealthy family she's very beautiful she has a skincare company but then I interview her and you peel back the layers and she said said to me like my biological father killed himself my I have been the victim of domestic abuse and, and, you know, I gave up a career in politics that I was really passionate about because my mother wanted me to help her with her company. And then I went home and I realized that she was like essentially dangling the carrot in front of me and didn't want to with, you know, give over control. And I've been taking a backseat all these years. So like all these little things where you're like, oh, okay, now that makes sense. Now I understand why you react that way to this person and, and, and in this situation. It just like I like talking to people and digging deeper because I feel like, as I always say to my kids again, like, tell me something one very interesting thing about the, those parents is because the more questions you ask, the more someone reveals, the more you have in common with them or you can relate to them. That's what we all should do as human beings. Ask people questions. So the more you know about them, the more you will understand them and therefore the more you can relate to them. That's a really good point. I, I agree with you. I, I definitely agree with you. It's yeah. so funny because I was saying to, I always say this, you know, to, to my husband, who we have very different tastes. I'd be like some of the same reality shows, but not all of them. And I'm like, you know why I can't watch this? Because these people don't interest me. Right. I don't care that they're competing for this guy. And like, I guess that's in her, like Bachelor in Paradise. Right. If for some reason can't watch. I'm like, I don't. I, I can't invest in these people. I can't connect to them in, mm-hmm. in any in any sort of way. Right. And that's yeah. or like yeah, Big Brother this season with oh, the guy who so was banging the pot. The second so he started bad. banging the pot, I'm like, I'm literally going to have an anxiety attack. Can you can you mute this until he's back? Yeah. It was bad. You know what's so weird about Big Brother is that girl Jessica that got kicked off, she wrote me one night at one o'clock in the morning oh and God. said, I really want to come on. And I want to talk about, I want to go on the day of someone's eviction. And I said, okay, great. And then I wrote her back like three times and it was like, well, she never answered me again. So I'm like, did she send me a note at one o'clock? She was wasted. Like what? Oh and then I'm like, God, what is going like, on here? Well, that house is insane this year. So I honestly wouldn't put past anything past anyone. Because when I agree with Amanda, when the banging of the pan started, I was like, what is happening right now? I mean, I've watched Big Brother for a long time. I've styled some people from Big Brother back in the day. Like, this year, I'm just like, what is happening seriously? 
Yeah, sometimes there's just bad casting. Um, I do know a cameraman for Big Brother, and they did the the filming like people before, you know, it aired, and he just he's like, listen, they're all garbage people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that was That's before hilarious. the season aired. He was like, I don't even remember their names. They're just all, they're all awful people. Oh my god, that's really funny. They, that's the thing. They're not like I think like the real world. You get invested in who they are, and with other Real Housewives, you very much get invested. Oh, totally. like, even if there's someone who you maybe click to, like you're obsessed with Stephanie. Yeah. Personally, I think Lisa Vanderpump is like Bibi's niece to oh. all of the housewives out of everybody. But that's because you style her. No, because you know her IRL. I do, but but seriously, even before I found her, before I knew her, I just always knew like I was obsessed with her and who she is and how she acts and how she gives back and that she's actually a kind person and I just love her. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. I totally relate. Oh my god. We're gonna we we have to go because you have to go dial. Yeah, I've got like five more minutes. Okay, we got a few more minutes. Um but so plug so Kate, please plug, yeah, plug your website. Yeah. Your, and we'll have all of this in the show notes by the way so people can just click on to it. <laughs> Um, okay, so my podcast is called Reality Life with Kate Casey. It comes out every Friday, sometimes just for shits and giggles. I'll throw in an episode, a uh, bonus episode, just to blow people's hair back. But it's every mm-hmm. Friday. And um, I like to find people that are on reality shows or have been a rea- on a reality show. And I also force people to watch episodes of reality television. If you listen <laughs> to this week's episode on Friday, you will hear Trishelle from Real World Las Vegas, and you will hear the girls talking about Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team. I can yeah, be found on my yeah. website, www.loveandknuckles.com. You can find me on Twitter at @kcasey. I love to tweet with people during television shows. I just love that. My Instagram is at kcasey. You can see my celebrity parody pictures, the way that I make fun of my life, including my, um, <laughs> you know, mothering style. Um, and, I have a closed Facebook group if you want to join, which I oh, really we're, we're do. Yeah, 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 so you just put in, um, in the search bar, Reality Life with Kate Casey, and click, and I will add you. And that's for people who want to talk about like, The Bachelor and riff on it and not feel like other people <laughs> in your social media like circle are reading them. However, my Facebook page, Love and Knuckles, I rip on celebrities all the time. So that's fun, too. <laughs> I, I love riff on The Bachelor this year. I mean, it's pretty it's, just, it's like it's painful I mean, listen I'm like a huge like back in the day used to watch Bachelor like even with my friends like in high school back when it was like Christian Ryan you actually had a hope and you're like oh my god they're gonna fall in love now I watch it and I'm like I'm actually getting more depressed and I feel like I should turn this off because my marriage is better than this chip show I mean <laughs> honestly right. my worst relationship is better than the best relationship <laughs> on on the road um oh my gosh Thank you. This was such like an enlightening conversation. It was. You know so inspiring. I feel like we really got to know you in a different way than like we know you from your posts and from your podcast. And I really feel like you're such like a super, I'm sorry, I might this the pressure on. Like you're such a super mom. Like you're such a super mom. Like you're such a super hero. Seriously. Like that's oh, I mean, by the way, your kids are gorgeous. Yeah, they're so cute. There's one that I don't oh, know which one, one what her name them. is. But wait, there's one that looks like just like you. She's like a mini you, little blonde hair. I don't know her name. I don't know if you give your kids names. I don't names know. Back. I feel like they look just like my husband. Oh, I agree with Amanda. The one little, little one little looks like you. One? Yeah. So, oh my God. Like the child is so, they're all special, obviously, but that child is a special. <laughs> they're all oh, beautiful. Thank you. 
you're seriously inspiring yeah. both of us. Like, I mean, we really appreciate you coming on our podcast. We love and being on yours. I'm really touched yeah. that you asked me. I'm really touched that you asked me. And the fact that you're, you haven't had kids yet, you're younger, I'm like, that's somewhat depressing. But I hope um, you think of me as an older sister friend. No, I do. And thank you. And seriously, like for me, um, who's like I said, you know, kind of like starting into that next chapter, like it's really inspiring to hear how much you can do and how you just keep going and you just yeah. figure it out. Because I keep telling myself like, oh, you know, it's going to happen. And I'll just figure it out. But hearing you be such a badass and like Amanda, or, I know, seriously, and or, such a super mom, I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, she's got this. I can do this. <laughs> just listen, you'll figure it out. Don't, don't overthink things. Just you'll figure it out. And and remind yourself that we live in a place of um, extreme opportunity and things will work out. And don't be hard on yourself that it, things don't end up the way you ex- ex- like thought they were going to happen because there's probably a plan somewhere in the future for you and you just got to ride it out until you figure out what happened, you know, where you're supposed to really be. I love that. That's oh like the perfect gosh. way to end. I love yes, it. Yes, that is the perfect way to end. And by the way, I want to let me know when you're doing stand up um, in not in OC, but when you, as I call it, <laughs> the mainland. If you, you come got over it. to the mainland, we, we would really like yeah, to see Yeah, we'd love you. to come see a show. Yeah. I would love it. I would love it, love it, love it. Awesome. Thank oh you guys God. so much. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank so you. You're amazing. Thank you. Caught them both. How to chain Fonda. One, two, three, four. Get your booty on the dance floor, work it out, shake it little mama, let me see you do the James Honda, five, six, seven now, if you don't know, let me show you how to work it out.